Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, just like the song that we just sang, for those who are brokenhearted, to not be afraid. Lord, you are our strong tower. You are our redeemer, and you are our king, and you are our Messiah, and you are our savior. And most importantly, Lord, you are the Lord of our lives. From here on today, until we take our final breath here on this earth, I desire to do your will and to live for one thing and one thing alone, and that is to glorify the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to please you. We desire not to please anything else, the world, from the world, from the desires of this world, but Lord, we desire to please you and you alone. And may our lives be an offering to you, an offering of obedience and sacrifice, obedient heart and obedient life, A true worshiper is what you look for. Lord, that's what you desire of us. So we got, we choose today. And we know the truth. And we choose today. Choose to follow you wholeheartedly. And as you transition now to the message, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be listening here today, Lord, may be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God, for you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. 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 All right, welcome to our Sunday service. Uh, let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbors at this time. And with that, let's begin with today's message. The title of today's message is Waiting in Christ, Waiting in Christ to Wait. Now on the topic of waiting and being in a season of waiting, I want to start off with a trio of scriptures today. So it's very easy for us to memorize the reference of where the scriptures are. It's 61, 62, and 63. One, two, three. Psalm 61, Psalm 62, Psalm 63. I'll start off with the first psalm, the first scripture of today. The heading says, for the director of music with stringed instruments of David. Keep in mind, all three of these psalms are written by one person, and the author is David, King David. Let's start with 61. It says, hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life his ears for many generations. 
May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will ever sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. As you go to Psalm 62 and 63, keep in mind that this is towards the end of David's life, where his son Absalom causes rebellion and causes harm in his life. And after we have experienced money, much hurt, many hurts, and a lot of disappointments in life, especially for those who are older, we can turn to Psalm 61, Psalm 62, Psalm 63. Because no matter how old we become or how old we are, we must always keep a humble heart before the Lord, a heart that desires to worship him. And that is the cry of David here today. My soul finds rest in God. My soul finds rest in God. Let's go to Psalm 62. The heading says, for the director of music, for Jed Duthun, a Psalm of David. It says, verse 1, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Will all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Amen and amen. amen. Do we truly have this prayer? Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You are my fortress. You are my rock. And lastly, Psalm 63, the heading says, A Psalm of David, when he was in the desert of Judah. Verse 1, You God are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lifts, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They'll be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the kings will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glorify in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Amen and amen. amen. 
So again, these three songs were possibly written during the time of Absalom rebelling his son when he tried to overthrow him as king. Or it could be where he was trying to escape Saul when he was in the wilderness. But most likely, it was the Absalom story. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because he is hoping in God. He is holding on to God, and he is waiting in God. And no matter what season we are in in life, whether we are young, middle, or old, or older, it doesn't matter. We can always go back to these psalms as reference to remind ourselves to hope, to place our hope, to place our trust, to wait in Christ, to wait in him as we use these psalms as references to remind ourselves of how good and how faithful our Father is, that ultimately there's a theme here that follows in all of these three psalms, is that he is our fortress. He is our rock. And because he is our rock, when we're waiting, we are secure because he is our foundation. He is the rock upon Christ that we stand each and every single day as you wait. So waiting in Christ, point number one, it brings deep intimacy with the Lord. Deep intimacy with the Lord. And what we can see here in these three Psalms, that there is deep intimacy in the voice and in the writing of David, in his cry and his worship towards the Lord, that there is deep intimacy you cannot write in this way. You cannot pray in this way if there is no intimacy. While in his waiting, in his waiting, as he's waiting upon the Lord, as he's hoping upon the Lord, there is deep intimacy here in, the, in these writings, in these songs, because there was a relationship between David and the Lord. There's a special and a deep intimacy, and God desires for you to have a special and deep intimacy with him as well. These three psalms should encourage us in our time of need, in our time of waiting. It is a reminder that the Lord shall never forsake us and leave us. He will not. That is a promise. He will not leave us and forsake us in our waiting. So when we are filled with, number one, emotional stress, and when we're filled, number two, with a desire and with the lies and the attacks on the enemy telling us that we are far away from the presence of God, that when we feel like we are far away from home, also our comfort zone, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, where we feel uncomfortable, we must know that. So point letter A. Our Lord is not limited. He is not bound by space or change through even geologically, the history of earth, geographically, where we are on earth, where we stand. He is always near us. Our Lord is not limited. Be our Lord is our fortress, our rock and our hope and our salvation in our time of need. Meaning he is our sanctuary, a citadel, a rock upon which we stand. We are surrounded by 
thick walls of his provision, of his protection. We are under the shadow of his wings. So no matter how strong the attacks are from the enemy, no matter how lie the lies are from the enemy, in his arms, in his castle, we are protected. See, our Lord is trustworthy. And we learn that through these psalms. And I'm not here to convince you that he is trustworthy. I just know that he is trustworthy. The Lord does not need to prove himself. He does not need to show us anything, for he is God. But what we can take from the scripture, from the word of God, through all of scripture, from the beginning to the end, is that he is faithful. He has been faithful. That he is trustworthy all the way. There's not even an ounce of lie and deceit in his character, in who he is. He is patient with us, that he is perfect. He is always on time. My thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways and our thoughts. Do you trust him? Even in the story of Job, even through all the hardship, all the testing, the Lord doesn't give any explanation, but he just shows himself for who he is. Do you trust in him as Job trusted in the Lord? And lastly, D, our Lord cannot be outrun. Our Lord cannot be outrun. In other words, what I'm trying to say here is never run ahead of God. You cannot outrun God. You cannot speed up the time. You're under his mercy. It is a foolish task to try to outrun God or to run away from the Lord. Don't even think about it. We all know what happened with Jonah. We all know what happens when we become proud and we try to control the situation. Rather, our job is to wait. Wait on the Lord. And if you're going to run, run to the Lord. Not ahead of the Lord, not away from the Lord, but run to the Lord and follow the Lord and run with him. For he is our helper. He is our strength. Just like that video that I showed you of the Olympian where he hurt his, his leg and then the father came and ran with him to finish the lap. Run with him. He will help us to finish the race in his timing. And our Lord is never late. He is always on time. Our Lord cannot be outrun. So again, point number one, waiting in Christ brings deep intimacy with the Lord. Our Lord is not limited. Our Lord is our fortress. Our Lord is trustworthy. Our Lord cannot be outrun. Amen and amen. amen. And point number two, waiting in Christ, point number two, brings new growth in the Lord. New growth. You have new branches. You have new leaves. And many times we complain about circumstances. And we focus too much on circumstances and situations. We focus too much on successes and failures. However, we should not focus on our circumstances, but we should focus on the Lord. But understand the fact that the Lord uses our circumstances to transform us. In other words, even in the movie Bruce Almighty, 
praying for patience. It's not a feeling that the Lord gives you. Brainwashes you and gives you that feeling of patience. It is not a feeling. It is a choice. And we learn patience as he gives trials and testings. And then in turn, we either turn bitter or angry or we become patient through the circumstances, the circumstance that the Lord used. Ultimately, in the end, we will be and we will become pure gold and white as snow. Brings new growth in the Lord. Jesus gives a clear picture in Matthew 9, verse 16 to 17. Jesus gives us two analogies, one of clothing and one of wineskin. And he says in verse 16, he says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. You ever had a rip in your pants and we try fixing it? Verse 17, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The, the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Can you imagine wearing the same pair of shoes? Same pair of trousers, pants, as you did in middle school. Well, for some of us, maybe it will fit. I remember back then, we used to wear Jenkos and UFOs. You guys know those clothing? <laughs> They're like huge, big pants. So some of us, maybe it's too big, so we need to shrink. We need to shrink ourselves. But ultimately, growth means change. Whether we shrink in our pride, in our lust, in our greed, in our selfishness, ultimately it is change. Whether we need to cut off the branches, the one that is rotting, that is not good for you. Some of us, we need to grow. We need to grow more because the Lord wants you to grow. And unless we get a larger trouser, a larger shoe, you will rip through your pants like the Hulk. It is not fitting for the present state of where you are in life. So, so point letter A, embrace the growth. B, accept the change. C, pray as you prepare. And D, prepare as you pray. This is crucial. And lastly, E. Grow rootward. In other words, downward. In the word Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, Paul says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, right? Just like our title, in Christ. It's everything is in Christ. And what does it say in verse 7? And focus 
Sing on verse 7, because later I'm going to do a different translation, but let's do this version first. It says, rooted and built up in him. It's very simple, right? Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught, and flowing and overflowing with thankfulness. That's what it says, rooted and built up in him. But another translation, it says, let your roots grow down into him. Down. What does it mean? Roots go down. Because it sets the foundation of the tree. It sets the foundation of the house. It sets the foundation of the body. Without the legs, we're not able to move freely. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. You need to be taught this truth. And you need to learn. You need to accept. And when you learn, you what? You expand. You grow. Do not stay in ignorance. And in your arrogance, blinded, thinking that you know everything. But trust in the Lord and who he is and whose you are. Therefore, in every season, you need to enter it with the new self. With a new heart, a new mind, with strong roots, being rooted in the Lord. If you go into a new season of your life with the old mentality and you are not changing, and you, you will never change. You will never fully grow in the Lord. You will never find renewal in the Lord in the new season that he has called you to be in. You cannot. If your roots are shallow, you'll be uprooted. When storms come, when tough times come, you will die. But if your roots are deep and strong, in the Lord you will live. And don't be discouraged when you don't see the fruit. Because it all starts with a seed that is planted in the ground. And it takes time. Growth takes time. And growth is happening in the unseen. In the season of waiting. It is underground. Until you can see it on the surface. And even when you see it in the surface, that's when you need to be most careful, right? Because then it can die right away, just like an infant. Just because a baby is born doesn't mean it's finished. Okay, now you go take care of yourself. Go wash yourself. Go eat your, go take care. Go, go. And then the baby starts doing things on his own. No. We still need to rely on the Lord continually. Throughout. Even when we feel self-sufficient. As a young man, as a young woman, we think we have it all. We think we have it figured out. You need to hold on to the Lord. Even when you're older, you need to hold on to the Lord even more because you're actually getting closer to your death. And therefore, you need to hold on to him even more. Meaning every season, every day of your life, you are rooted in the Lord. You cannot be uprooted. You need to be rooted in the Lord. Every season of your life, you need to be rooted in God. So in our waiting, and in our waiting, and we all wait, and when it is all finished, 
realize that in the season of this waiting, you will look back and you will see, wow, I've grown so much. You know, you grow the most when you think you're not growing. Do you know that? When you don't think, when you don't see the growth, you are in fact growing so much because it is a supernatural spiritual effect. And then eventually one day, randomly you'll be driving or you'll be sitting, drinking a cup of coffee and the presence of the Lord will come upon you and you will look back, reflect upon your life and you will see a tree because you were able to zoom out because you're so zoomed in. Zoom out and see the tree. What once was a small seed that we used to see through the microscope. And now it will be a tree. Tree what? Rooted in Christ. Embrace the growth. Accept the change. Pray as you prepare. Prepare as you pray. Grow rootward. Brings new growth in the Lord. Waiting in Christ brings new growth in the Lord. And lastly, point number three. Waiting in Christ brings spiritual renewal in the Lord. Spiritual renewal in the Lord. Renewal means, other words, restoration, refreshment, rest. All those things we find in the Lord. Renewal, restoration, refreshment, and rest. And there's a character in the Bible as Elijah exhausted himself as he ran to the desert, right after he fights off all these prophets of paganism, hundreds of them, he fights them alone. He's by himself. He's an amazing man of God, but he finds himself exhausted, and he runs into the desert. And the Lord gives him what? He gives him rest. And the question is, why? Why? Why does the Lord give him rest? So point letter A, because he loves you. B, because he is preparing you for the next season. C, because the next season of hard work is coming. D, because he calls us to work. It's time to work. Life is short. And when I say work, I'm not talking about working for salvation because salvation is free to us. Because it is free, it has been bestowed upon us. He calls us to be faithful. That's what I mean, to be faithful. He calls you to be faithful to give you the reference of Elijah is found in 1 Kings 19 1 through 9 we are all familiar with this scripture because I've shared this before the heading says Elijah flees to Oreb 
Verse 1, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. So we know that Ahab was a corrupt king. Jezebel was a very corrupt woman who was the spouse of Ahab. And she threatens to kill Elijah. And then what happens? Somehow Elijah hits a wall. A faithful, strong man of God, he finally hits a wall. And then it says Elijah was afraid. And he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servants there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. For those who are tired and weary and who have hidden a wall, this is a scripture that we should all turn to. That it's okay to say that you have had enough. It's okay to lay down and to pray and to be exhausted. But make sure where you are laying down. Do not lay down on the lap of Jezebel. Do not lay down on the lap of wicked men and women. Do not go out into the world looking for comfort and shelter and refuge from the comfort of this world because you will not find it. You may find it. You may think it is good, but it is Satan's lap. And that's what he desires from you, to run away from the Lord, to outrun God, to think that you can outrun the Lord. But the goal is we need to run to him. Even in our exhaustion, even in our defeat, we need to run to him. And we need to pray to him. We need to talk to him. We need to communicate to him. Not to anything else. Not to any other religion. Not to our friends. Not to our family members. But to him. Him alone. That's what he wants. For you to go to him in your exhaustion, in your tiredness, in your confusion. Go to him. Run to him. That's what he wants. Run to him. Even if you're dramatic, it's okay. When you say, take my life, I am no better than my ancestors, it's okay. Run to him. Cry to him. And fall asleep under his arms. Because what happens next is what the Lord will do for us. Continuing on in verse 5, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey ahead, the journey is too much for you. So he got up. And ate and drank 
Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And this is the story where Elijah encounters the presence of God in the wind, in the whisper, in the quietness of his voice. It was not in the thunder, in the loudness, and the earthquake, but it was in the whisper of his voice. So when we are tired and we were in a season of waiting, and when we are exhausted, you need to lay down at his feet. And we need to fall asleep in his presence. And we need to eat the food that he gives. We need to drink the drink that he gives, that he provides. Because the journey ahead is not finished. It's important that you eat and that you drink. If God himself rested after creation of the world, the creation of the world, we too must follow in his steps. Rest in his arms. Because it says in Genesis 2, 2 to 3, let's close with this. Let's all read together. Ready? One, two, three. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Amen. And amen. The word rest is referenced twice here. And today is our day of rest. Where we pause. Stop from everything. Not focusing on our circumstances, but focusing on the Lord. Focus on him and him alone. Amen. And amen. I'm closing with this. And let us all, if we could come and bow our heads. And with our eyes closed. Eyes closed to rid of any and remove every distraction so that we can just focus on the Lord and Lord himself. And as we're here today, may we remember the truth of his word and who he is. That as we're in the season of waiting, as we're at the bus stop or at the train stop waiting, may we know and trust in who he is and that our Lord is always, always, always on time. And as David prayed in Psalm 61, Psalm 62, and Psalm 63, may we remember the theme of these scriptures, that he is our rock, our citadel, and he is our fortress, that we are protected in the shadow of his wings, under the shadow of his wings. And may we not forget the truth that he is faithful and that he loves you, and that he cares for you, that he has a plan and a purpose for 
your life. May you never forget the truth of his word. This is what it says in Isaiah 40. It says this, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Look to me, who created all these. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As we're in the season of waiting with anticipation, some of us with restless hearts. Can we right now at this time turn to the Lord in prayer? And can we run to him as we wait on him? As we wait on him, may we run to him. As we prepare, let us pray. Let us pray as we prepare. Let us pray together. Fearful hearted, 
not be afraid. The Lord your God is strong and with his mighty arms when you call on his name. Say to those who are fearful hearted, do not be afraid. The Lord your God is strong and with his mighty arms when you call on his name. Say to those who are broken hearted, do not lose your Say to those who are broken hearted, do not be afraid. Say to those who are broken hearted, do not lose your faith. The Lord your God strong and with his loving arms when you call on his name he will come and save you he will come and save you he will come and save surely come he will come and save you yes he will come and save you he will come and save you lift up your eyes to him you will arise again your eyes to him you will arise again lift up your eyes to him you will arise again he will come and save you come and save you he will come and save surely come he will come and save you yes he will come and save you he will come and save you lift up your eyes to him you will
Heavenly Father, we watch and we hope in the Lord and Lord alone. As it says in Micah 7, do not trust a neighbor, put no confidence in a friend. Even with the woman who lies in your embrace, guard the words of your lips. For a son dishonors his father, a daughter rises up against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Lord, you hear us here today. You love us here today. Yes. Thank you for speaking the word of truth into our lives. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this time of praise and worship. We thank you for this message, for reminding us to wait upon you with faith. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. We're going to close our service with the path of life in Jesus. And let us worship faithfully and worship in truth and make this a declaration of our prayer as we enter the new week. Let us sing together.
with a benediction. Heavenly Father, do not remember the sins of our youth and our rebellious ways, but according to your love, remember us, for you, Lord, are good. And now to him who is, is able to keep us from stumbling, may he present us pure and blameless and holy before his presence. May we know the truth and remember to wait upon the Lord in faith and with steadfast hearts. And may we know and encounter the unending love of the Father each and every single day. And may the Lord continue to pursue after us, guide us, and lead us forevermore. And as God's people, we pray, amen, amen. and amen. amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you in the back.